I never thought about how until I was here. Having got here, it suits me in, in many ways. It is a little on the, on the edge of things. I think even its natives would say that. A cut price crowd, urban yet simple, dwelling where only salesmen and relations come. And across there, over the estuary of the Humber, is Yorkshire, and you can just see Hull where Philip Larkin lives. It's a place of thunder, clouds, dark red brick Georgian streets where they survive, and steeples and domes. And beyond Hull was the North Sea. If anywhere's the end of England and the end of land, it's Hull and beyond Hull. Welcome to the podcast. It's a podcast about the culture of Hull, what we do and who we are. We're going to take a look at what's happening here and what's to come as we approach January the 1st, 2017, when Hull starts its year as the UK City of Culture. Let me tell you something about this city. All of us, we're all just passing through, and we've all been here forever. Those who came, those who stayed, those who never returned. Tides turn, seasons change. We've waited and we've watched. But we've always been here. We've always listened. Because there is a different resonance here. It comes from the river, and the land, and the sky. It's our place, all of us. This city belongs to everyone. And you know when it's your time. And it's our time. Listen, listen. We are home. Listen. We are Where were you on that Wednesday morning in November 2013? you heard we'd won. And do you remember how you felt when you first saw that video in the weeks or days beforehand? That was of course Sir Tom Courtney and other Hull voices at the beginning of This City Belongs to Everyone, the film that was commissioned by the 2017 UK City of Culture bid team. It was made by Nova Studios, a local production company set up by Alan Jones and Matt Stevenson. It's an inspiring and moving film and in some ways surprising, presenting Hull in a light that many of us who live here had never seen before. It was so popular that after decades of eroded self-confidence and identity loss, it's almost redefined how we see ourselves. More importantly, it did what was asked of it. We won, in case you hadn't noticed, and the film was a key part of that success. Dan spoke to Matt and Alan about Nova and how they made their greatest piece of work so far. We are in the home of Nova Studios with Alan Jones and Matt Stevenson, uh, who are not only artists working in Hull, who make films, but also the guys behind the successful uh, 
uh, film for the bid for 2017. Yeah. Yeah, great. So, so well done. Uh, now, Thank you. Yeah, you've often <laughs> said that um, that your film single-handedly won it. It sounds a bit arrogant. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> we n- we've never said that. We've never <laughs> said that. <laughs> other pe- other people now. I mean, other people say it uh, played a big part in it, and I think yeah. it probably did. It feels like it played a big part in it. I think it certainly helped it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think it. It was more like the icing on the cake at the end, I think. Yeah, it sort of, yeah, it pulled things together. But I mean, like uh, you know, we always say because it's good business, and it's nice to say this anyway. But you know, like you, the, a film is only as good as the brief. So it did what they wanted it to do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it was the people yeah. who commissioned it in the first place. They had the idea. They knew that they wanted something that would pull everybody together at the end and have a big impact and draw it all together. So, you know, we were working from a brief and, and you know, it, it was something that uh, we we knew it was going to be a fantastic job to work on and we were lucky lucky enough to win the tender and, uh, and you know, and we knew that we, we felt that our reputations were staked on it, really. Yeah. It was something we desperately wanted to work on yeah. and we knew it was a film that we had to make yeah. and it was something that we needed to get right. Yeah. Now, I guess other companies would have bid for it as well. There wouldn't all be people with the ties to Hull that you two had. That was nice, wasn't it? So you both go back a long way in Hull and in the arts scene. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, they were. I think there were other. I think they were all locally based companies, weren't yeah. they? We don't know exactly who bid for yeah. it. We kind of got like you know yeah. ideas because we know the people are locally. But I mean, we we've both been around in Hull for a long time. Yeah. I've been in Hull all my life, mm. and we've both been working and practicing artistically and culturally in Hull for many, many years. Yeah, you sort of, you're invested in the place, yeah. yeah. That's, I guess that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. Yeah, I've been here 25 years and it's home. You know, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else and I think of it completely as yeah. my home. And, and you know, and I do love Hull. You know, I get frustrated with it at times and things like that, but I do really love it. And, I, and you know, and I do think it is beautiful and different and it does have a different resonance, you know, which is one yeah. of the things that was in the film. Is that like it or you? Uh, it was bo- well. It's both, really. Yeah. It, so the the way we did it, we felt that that me and Al alone weren't going to win the bid, really, right. and that it needed to be broader than that. So, so we uh, we involved Rupert Creed. The bid for the film. The bid for the <laughs> film. Yeah, no, the bid. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, for the contract yeah. for the film. Yeah. yeah. So we got Rupert Creed involved, who's like a you know a local yeah. uh, theatre director and writer. Storyteller and all that kind of business and a decent fella, you know, someone we really like and felt we could work with and uh, we wanted to involve Steve Cobby who used to be in Fela Brasilia and is a local music producer. We wanted So, you know, we didn't want it all to come from us even though, you know, it kind of did. Yeah. But the, the thing with the resonance thing, so we, we got this idea that that was going to be the central core of the film, the idea of resonance and that there's a different resonance in Hull. And we talked to Rupert about that, and he went, ah, this. And that was the introductory bit. He remembered the idea about the resonance yeah. from a book called The Rumoured City, which was published by Blood Axe, and it was a collection of poets in the, uh, in the 80s. 1982. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Right, nice one. Yeah. that. Right, yeah, yeah, so it's the introduction <laughs> from that. And, it, and that, that, that introduction just seemed to perfectly sum up the thing that yeah. we were after, and it seemed to be a great way into the, into yeah. the film. It was like... It was like start with that, yeah. and then unpack yeah. it kind yeah. of thing. This was Philip Larkin talking about how a, a city can't uh, create poetry, c- create poems. It can only not prevent them. Yeah, Paul is good at that. And that's, yeah. that was the start of the film, wasn't it? Yeah. But let's come back to that in a bit. Let's start with um, asking you guys a little bit about what you did before 
uh, from other studios. I can see the um, the poster there for the Three Legged Dog Comedy Club, which yeah. I remember. Right. Um, and and this did you come to it? Turns out. Yeah. 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 Do I remember it at Piper or was it always at Turntown? No, uh, Mr. Drayton's World of Quiz mm. was at the Piper. Yeah. Which was what we did when we sort of started doing less of the Three Legged Dog, but. Uh, Three-legged dog started at, at the Queen's on George Street and then we kind of moved around a bit. We were in Lamp for a bit and we were at Fountains Club for a bit, but we ended up at the Turnpike and that yeah. was where it was kind of big. Set up the first comedy club in the city, really. And so I set that up with a guy called Russ Coleman who did the uh, the A to Z of Fish thing oh, yeah. with the artist Gordon Young. Yeah. So Russ, Russ is a sculptor and we set it up originally. And then I did it for a bit with Nick Swift who... Uh, it's just a ranting, ranting gobshite, basically, <laughs> yeah, <isn't yeah>. <laughs> who does uh, magazines and stuff. He's a, and, uh, and, you know, a poet as well, a ranting poet, Nick yeah. was. So I did it with Nick for a bit and then uh, did it with Steve Shaw, who then went on to set up Pave oh, yeah. and, uh, and the Jazz Festival. Yeah. Our first ever bill was uh, Deborah Stevenson yeah, who, who, yeah, and Sean Locke. Wow. They were the they were the two headliners. Very that was nice. the first ever night, so that was quite that was yeah. quite good. And then Sean Lock kept coming back. But yeah, we put all in the nineties. We put yeah. all the all the acts who were the big names now. Yeah, you know, like you can you can watch uh, eight out of ten cats or whatever, and it's like oh he, yeah, we had him. He was around at our house. You know, we had a cup of tea yeah. with him, and he came around afterwards, and we got right with him. Yeah, so I did that, and then and then set up Mr. Drayton's World of Quiz as well, and then. We'll catch up a little bit later yeah. along, the, along the line. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, okay, so Alan, so you, you've come to um, to where you are now through the music scene, really. Yeah, yeah, so I used to be in a band called Space Made, <laughs> and we were sort of from the age of 17. I did that till about the age of 23, and we did all right. We got a record deal, and we, we had, like, Single of the Week on Radio 1 yeah. and did various tours and Radio 1 roadshows and things and did that for a while and released an album and a couple of singles. So I did that till about I was 23, then set up Nervous Studio. Well, no, actually I did Big Hand Studios after that with a guy called Matt Hogg, who was also a musician. Yeah. And we did lots of music workshops in schools. And then after that, I set up Nervous Studios as a recording studio in this place and did that for a few years. And then gradually got into film. Yeah. After that, really. And we we met, didn't we? Yeah. When so when I was in Space Made, I was I was uh, working on a well. I, I set up a listings magazine called Radar, and which went for a while. And then I, and then I went to work at the whole Daily Mail. I can't remember whether it was Radar or when I was at the Mail, but uh, we met because I was interviewing Space Made. So that was how kind of we got to know oh, each wow. other, and then just kind of were vaguely on the edges of two separate circles but you know like yeah, in the yeah. overlap bit you know so we we, we kind of knew each other what was your column then at the mail tomorrow's called tomorrow's chip paper yeah. which was in about 2000 i think right. and i did that for about three or four years it was great you know to work on a paper and actually be given a page twice a week and the license to write what you want yeah. was fantastic you know it's like well yeah all right that's good that's yeah. that's a great thing was to it always well received then? uh well i mean it wasn't always well received but i mean it was very it was very popular yeah. you know it worked i think you I know remember and, it now, i used to work at east yorkshire glazer we used to get the paper right i remember, I remember that was one of the ones used to was produce. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was quite, you know, I think I was quite a different voice for the male, you know, because it was a bit more left field yeah. and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it wasn't always that well received. I mean, like I was telling you earlier, the uh, I kind of got hounded by the BNP and that was that was pretty heavy for a while. 
and then I, there was a there was a guy who was stalking me and sending nasty letters to my house, and it was kind of stuff like, you know, I saw you with your kids the other day and all this type Jeez. of stuff. So it was a bit like, ooh, that's all a bit weird. Yeah. And then after a while as well, I, you know, at the mail, I just, after three or four years of writing a column twice a week, I started feeling like I was getting sick of the sound of my own voice, really, because yeah. I just felt like I was banging the same drums all the time. And it was either going down well with people who it was going to go down with, or it was hated by the people who were going to hate it. And it was a bit like, oh, here we go again. It's me. I, I even started feeling like it was like, it's like, oh, it's me banging on about racism again. You know, it's me banging on about regeneration again. Yeah. I just got sick of doing it, really. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting question, isn't it? So as, as an artist in any field, how much should you sort of allow yourself to be dictated to by people who are going to decide, like individuals who decide they don't like your opinion, you know? It's, is that is that something that affects you in the films you make as well? Or? I mean, I think in, when, it, when it's yourself and you're telling stories, then it's the editorial control rests with us. Yeah, but a lot of the time we're just working to briefs, yeah. really, you know, and sure. we're providing creative treatments to those briefs. So. All right, so, so the brief then for the City of Culture film... So you say that a lot of it was in the brief already. It was the idea of bringing people together. Yeah. And other stuff that, I mean, you obviously you, you touched on the um, the abolition of slavery. That, right. That's in there, isn't that? Was that part of the brief? It was, was I think it was mentioned. Freedom was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Freedom was one of the, the yeah. points they wanted to get in there, yeah. I mean, we, we uh, they, yeah, they had their four themes. So there was freedom, quirky, which, quirky, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, you know... <laughs> Freedom, quirky, made in Hull, and roots and roots. Well, we're right. Yeah, were, were the themes. Yeah. So they all had to be in there. But in a sense, they were going to be in there anyway. Yeah. You know, because yeah. because those things were the right things, really. Yeah. You know, it starts with the docks, doesn't it? Tom Carvey, yeah. yeah. Philip Larkin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's sort of the, feel like it's the beginning of a day, and it, it yeah. builds yeah. up to this climax of the Freedom yeah. um, Festival, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and and through that, other things that came to me that are really important, the way you sort of looked at different, the lots of different accents and ethnicities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, wanted, we wanted it to be, you know, all the voices of all the people that yeah. live in Hull. Yeah. You know, the wide and varied diversity that there is in Hull. Yeah. Because so. that's the city that we know and the city that we love as well, you know. It, I mean, it still is a predominantly white city, but actually, you know, you, you walk down Newland Ave and a lot of the voices that you hear are not... Hull voices, yeah. and a lot of the people that you see are not of Hull. You know, I'm not from Hull. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I come from Poland and Hull. I'm from Albania and Hull. I'm from New Zealand and Hull. I'm from Edinburgh and Hull. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's possible to be from two places then and feel yeah. attached to both Absolutely. places? Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that I mean, the film's called This City Belongs to Everyone, and I think that's that's a really powerful idea. It get, in fact... You know, we we sort of knew it was, but actually it's like one of them things, the more you think about it, Hull's not, it's not just about, you don't have to be born in Hull to be of Hull or to love what Hull's about. We all belong to each other, you know, and the city belongs to to the country, you know. But if you look at some of the Hull's most famous sons and daughters, you've got like Philip Larkin, wasn't born in Hull, but made Hull his home and lived yeah, there yeah. Uh, for most of his life. And, you know, Paul Heaton's attached to Hull, wasn't born there. So, yeah, I can see where that's... That's so important. Uh, the music, I think the music's great in the... Uh, Steve Cobby yeah. from, yeah, from Fela Basilia, yeah. Yeah. He did a great job. What yeah. brief did you give him then? Well, that it wanted to be a journey, that it wanted to have an emotional... Lift. Lift and an emotional ride. We had the, this middle sea idea yeah. as well, didn't we? 
So there needed to be, uh, that it had to resonate. So we had this idea that there should be a harmonic resonance oh, running yeah. through the film. We recorded like the brass band all playing a middle C and we got the choir that are in it to all sing a middle C. And Steve came along to those things and, and recorded them all doing it. So middle C became this kind of yeah. resonant note through it. Yeah. And uh, so that became a feature of it. And then also the, the tricky part for the music was where it changes from the day to the night. And that was the, the, the sticking point, wasn't it? That we spent a bit of time working on. And really, yeah, it, it was the bells that changed that. We went round and spent a bit of time with Steve, didn't we? And, yeah. and all sort of worked on it together and, yeah. and messed around with it a bit and eventually we came up with that and, and it suddenly all started working. And yeah. when, we, when we edit, we always have some form of music to start with to, to get the feeling. So we, we started with uh, a Penguin Cafe orchestra track called Music for a Found Harmonium. Right. And that, so the so the bit where the film starts, there's a drone. It's like mm. yeah, it's like the docks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we 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 got that idea because we wanted fog horns yeah. because that's a kind of distinctive whole type of thing. Yeah. So there was this this drone and then this rising thing and a kind of repetitive. Yeah, yeah. it wanted to be a kind of loopy thing yeah. that was going on. Cool bits of vocal coming over repeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right now, now you want to mention it, you can hear something all the way, yeah. whether it's in the Morse, yeah. ambient parts, or whether it's there, when yeah. it's kicking out, you can hear yeah. something there, resonating. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had that, and then we had this change of mood, where it, where it becomes night time, and we used Born Slippy, didn't we, yeah. by Underworld. It was kind of, the feeling was there. It was then about not copying it and creating something original that captured what those vibes yeah. were, really. It was quite hard once you put Bond Slippy in to create something that does the same effect but isn't Bond Slippy. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Covey did a brilliant job. Yeah, yeah. And there were, there were a few things, really, in the film where that we, that are subtle, you know, and you hope that people don't notice them, but they add to the whole, yeah. you know, like the, like the repetitive things we want, we, you know, we almost want to hypnotise people in yeah. a way. It does have that trance you know, sort of thing, yeah. yeah. You know, so like, it's like a kind of, it's almost like a visually wonderful thing and yeah. then the music's carrying you along and yeah. you just go, eh. Ah. Okay, what is, I mean, I just think it sounds lovely and I'm just sort of pondering it. Could you give a definitive, we're all just passing through, we've all been here forever. Right. What does that oxymoron mean then? Um, well, it was about migration. Uh -huh. So, you know, the, the idea that, that even if you think you're from Hull, then actually you're not. You're, you're, you're a Saxon or you're a Parisi yeah. or, you know, you, you're, a you're from a tribe. Yeah. You're a Celt and you came. Vikings. Yeah, yeah. The, you're a Viking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or you're from Devon because, you know, the fishing industry was, you know, a lot of the people came yeah. from Devon. You know, whoever you are, yeah. you're, you're part of something bigger. You, you are, we're all just passing through, you know, we're all, we're all only here for, you know, whatever it is, three score and ten or yeah. whatever it used to be, but you know, we just, it, it's all borrowed time. And we've all been here forever. Yeah. That's a really good explanation, because I thought that you'd, you know, it just sounds nice, maybe, but <laughs> it does sound, because often it's, you know, the words seem to resonate without really drilling into the meaning, right. but yeah, that's yeah. nice that you can back that up. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, well that's what that stuff was, and then, you know, and also we wanted to, to have something that paid homage 
to where the city's been and to the history yeah. without getting bogged down in history, but a real upfront mm. acknowledgement of the fishing industry, really. Yeah. That, you know, that, that this is the city. And, and, also, you know, and also of the First World War and people who died, you know, and the Blitz. Yeah. The, the sense that those people are carried into the bid. Yeah. As well. Those who didn't return, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the idea of trolling, but the idea of going off to war as well and that kind of stuff. And Yeah. I mean, what about the things you didn't put in? Did you have any sort of stick from people who thought there were things that should have been in there that weren't? I mean, the, 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 it's not celebrity-led, even though... Yeah, yeah. So even, Peter Levy in there. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, yeah. because, <laughs> but, because yeah. he's a thing, he's like Peter Levy's part of the furniture, isn't yeah, he? You yeah, know, yeah. and Burnsy, yeah. it's like they just like the buildings yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, we didn't want it to be celebrity led, did no. we? I know Tom Courtney starts it uh, off, and they no. didn't want it to no. be either. You know, the, the bid team didn't want it to all hang on. Oh, look, we've got what Roland Gift, nothing wrong with Roland Gift, but you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah. What, what we got Roland Gift, Paul Heat, and, and then and some dead people, you know, yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know, Reese Witherspoon, is it? Is he from all? Oh my goodness. Never thought I'd be here my whole life. Growing up in Tennessee. Do you know what I mean? Reese Shearsmith. I just realised Reese Witherspoon is the. Reese Shearsmith. I was thinking. She's from all. What's all this shouting? We'll have no trouble here. Well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Shearsmith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't think anyone's had a major problem with anything missing, have no. they? No, no. You, you get, obviously, there's some comments saying, oh, you haven't showed the shitty... I'm going to show the bad sides of all. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I mean, what do you mean by the bad sides? I guess they mean the sides that don't look as pretty or... Yeah, but they're in there I mean, well. Yeah, we think they are in there, yeah, really. Yeah. You know. We tried to make it so that it is real hull. It's yeah. a hull that people can be proud of, but, you yeah. know, like, you, you see council estates in there, you yeah. see industry yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, like, there's, like, the racists, because you look at the YouTube stream and the racists will go, oh, you know, it's all about ethnic, multi-ethnic and all this type of stuff. Well, I mean, that's in there, but actually it's still, you know, predominantly white yeah. hull people who yeah. are in there yeah you know there's young people there's old people there's a, there's babies there's, there's you know dog. there's a dog yeah, yeah. yeah. you yeah. had to include hull city hull kr hull fc yeah. do you know what i mean if you included one you had to include yeah. all yeah yeah, yeah. you have to be careful of those things yeah so i mean i think that comes across really well i mean i suppose then am i two hu5 though some people would say you know what i mean we're in this part which is the kind of most multicultural kind of bubble it's where a lot of the artistic stuff yeah. happens not exclusively at all you know is, is there a sense maybe that there's, there are different parts of Holland you could be seen to be representing some more than others well I don't think so I mean mm. but yeah you know these are all the questions that we kept on checking mm. back with ourselves when we were doing it you know there's 1500 kids or whatever in one shot from Winifred Albee yeah. School you know, there's there's a, a lass standing in a street in Brands. I'm speaking. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. you know, the, we we got around the city. You know, the, the even though the people mayor, might not realise it, there are shots from other places in the city. Exactly. Even yeah. though people might not yeah. immediately think, oh, that's there. Yeah. yeah. They're less recognisable than say. The Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The Bridge. I mean, if looking on the sort of comments under the video on YouTube, there are some people going, "Wow, I can't believe it's my house." So yeah, that that is happening. Some of them, I mean, it's overwhelmingly like supportive. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I remember the film. I, I showed it to all my students um, that week when it was all happening. And I mean, for someone who wasn't involved in the bit, just you know, person in whole supporting it, and um, that film was it. That was the part we saw. So it did feel to us like yeah, it, yeah. What, that was what it was all about yeah yeah um, but yeah I mean it kind of it sums it up it works 
it worked for, for our students. There's loads of sports, as I say, online. There are a few haters, as I say, saying, yeah. why didn't you show this? Blah, because blah, blah. that's what those people do, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah. That's their job, isn't yeah. it? Just to be total twats. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are some people who, who just hate everything, aren't yeah. they? And, like, and, they, and they need a forum, and it's great that they're there. <laughs> do you look at the bottom of the internet? Do you troll down there and see what people say? I've had a look. Oh, I've, yeah, I've, I've look. checked yeah, the comments yeah. occasionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, they've been fairly static for a while, haven't they? But there were loads of, at yeah. the start, you know. And, but um, I mean, th- there's got to be those comments, haven't there? Yeah. 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 But I mean, overwhelmingly massive. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. People have left saying how great it is, how yeah. sick they are. Yeah. I think it did a thing, didn't it? It's done a thing for Hull. Yeah. You know, it actually bizarrely has. Yeah. You know, it's made people who were proud but didn't know how to express it, yeah. it's almost given people a way to express it now. Uh, I mean, we, yeah, we were shocked yeah. by the reaction to it, you know, we, we hoped it would have a really positive effect, but yeah, we were, the day it was released and the views were just going up and up and up and yeah. up, yeah, 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 we were texting each other going, God, Blimey. have you seen what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So if you go back 10 years, you've got like holding crap towns and stuff yeah. and that Channel 4 thing, was it? Yeah. Um, and then, and then you've sort of gone, gone, we've gone from there to, to where we are now. Do you see Hull having changed or is it just the representation of it that's changed? It's a good question. <laughs> I think it. I think it has changed. I mean, uh, I think what's changed is is the attitude. So the city was always fine, if you know what I mean. Like if if you look at the what it is, you know, like a, a post-industrial city on the edge of a river in the north of England. So obviously, just like any city, some of it's a bit shitty. You got a Manchester and there's horrible bits. You know, you got a Leeds and there's horrible bits. Of course, there are bits that look crap, but there are also bits that look really beautiful. And there are things in Hull that are just completely unique, you know, that we take for granted so much. But, the, you know, the old town, it is beautiful. You know, and not everywhere's got an old town like that. Yeah, because you know? we've got out and filmed it quite a lot, you realise how beautiful certain yeah. areas of Hull are. Yeah. And, and because you don't look up very often, and we've looked up quite a lot, yeah. haven't we? Because we've had to film. Mm. And there's some amazing sights when you yeah. look up in Hull. Yeah. And it's just, it, yeah, it's got some beautiful parts. You know, the Humber and the area around the pier and the fruit market area and stuff like that, it's fantastic, mm. you know, and the, there is loads of potential. Yeah. And I think what's happened is the city's no longer simply reeling from the loss of the fishing industry and the docks. You know, it's actually starting to get hold of an idea that it has got an identity beyond that. Yeah, it's believing in it. Yeah, so. and people yeah. that people are believing in it. And the yeah. the thing with the whole city of culture thing, not just the film, but the whole thing, everything was just at the right time. Like there was, it was a bit of a, we we really need this, and we should have it, and yeah. we will do something. And everyone with it. got behind it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And everyone still is. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. You're right. It's confidence now. Yeah. You know, it permeates into sort of so yeah. many things. Yeah. And, and it just wasn't yeah. there before, was yeah. it? Yeah. So where do you see it going? What do you think 2017 can do for Hull? What's the, the future? Uh, well, I guess it can be a thing that that it's the focus. So, so, that, so there's this confidence and this sense of it is worthwhile. And then it becomes a thing to move toward. So a reason to produce and do things. You know, so whether that's artistically or economically or whatever, it's it's a thing that can actually bring the whole city together and give us... It's it's almost like a temporary identity while we build our real one underneath it, isn't it? Yeah, because there's much more going on, isn't there, as well, other yeah. than just that 2017, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a showcase, but there's everything yeah. else bubbling away. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, do, I think it will do that because I believe, you know, that it's... 
it all looks like it's in the right hands and being done in the right way. People are all saying the right things. You know, people who, who are involved in actually making these things happen, they all seem to yeah. know what they're doing and, and have the right ideas and doing it in the right way from what we see. Yeah, yeah. Not so. just the management, but all the rest of us. Yeah. You know, the fact that you're here doing this. Yeah. You know, the fact that we're doing the other stuff that we're doing. You yeah. know, it's a bit like, there's I, a point. There's I, a point yeah. in bothering. I actually have confidence that it is actually being done the right way. Okay, and um, one of the things that somebody said is, why does nobody pronounce it all in the film with the H drop there? Uh, so many people I think they do, do they, actually. Do they? I think <laughs> they do. But, like, I guess if you ask people to do things, then people are on their best behaviour, aren't yeah, they? Exactly. So if you record someone... They're probably making the effort. Yeah, no one answers the telephone with that. With yeah, the yeah. yeah. What's on that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just a couple of other things. Um, I know you've done a lot with Hull's Twin City. So yeah, tell us about Freetown then. It's an amazing place. Yeah, and we've worked out there since. Well, I mean, since two. You've you've been out there since about two thousand and six, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And I've since about two thousand nine. But um, yeah, we've originally started working out there doing educational projects and. Um, We've got a couple of documentaries that we're working on out there. So, yeah, I mean, does it make a good twin town for Hull? Yeah, it does. Once, once you actually, once you get hold of the Wilberforce idea, uh-huh. that's really what it's about, yeah. you know, because, for, like, Freetown wouldn't have existed without the, the, the abolition movement, mm. you know, and, and you shouldn't say the whole of the abolition movement is all about Wilberforce because there are a lot of freed Africans and that sort of thing who, mm. who, who really made the running. Mm. But, you know, obviously he, he led it in the parliamentary sense and Freetown just wouldn't have existed without it, you know. And, and Wilberforce really does mean something in Freetown. So, you know, if you speak to councillors and, pe- you know, educated people and stuff out there, they, you know, they care about that link, yeah. you know. And, and they, like, you go to Freetown and the f- people go, oh, is this your first time in it in for us? But, you know, like, and they go, oh, well, make yourself free, this is Freetown. Yeah. You know, and they, they care about the idea of freedom. Yeah. And they know where it came from, yeah. because it's the home of the freed slaves, and that you know, and this is the home of Wilberforce. So it's mm-hmm. like from that point of view, it is, and it's you know we we properly love it. You know, it's like our re- second home. We've you know we've got more friends in Freetown, probably. Than here. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. It's a, it is, you know, it's it is. more about here. <laughs> But it's a real, it is a really friendly place and people yeah. live their lives outdoors there, you know, yeah. when, it, when it's not the rainy season. We don't yeah. go in the rainy season. No. And, uh, and yeah, and we're making this documentary about a footballer, which is called They Call Me Saviour. And uh, we're in our sixth year of making that now. Right. And we're still hoping that he's going to come to Hull. He plays football there? He, he plays in Sweden. He's playing oh, for one yeah. of the top clubs in, in Sweden oh, right. and doing very well out there. And right. the plan is that he eventually comes and plays for Hull City. Right. So, but in a, so in a nutshell, the story is we were working out there. We wanted to start making a documentary. Yeah. We thought we'd do something about football. Yeah. And is it big in West Africa then? Sorry. Massive. massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bigger than politics, is bigger it? than anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves football. Yeah. And uh, so we asked our friend Bammy Boy, who spent a lot of time with us in Hull, we asked Bammy to find us the best young unknown footballer in Sierra Leone. Right. So he found us this 16-year-old lad, Al Hassan Kamara, who was just kind of playing local football. Um, and we started working with him. Yeah, and our plan was to get him a trial at Hull City because it was at a time when Hull City needed a striker. Uh. 
and and it follows him for the last six years through many trials and tribulations and right. he's become Sierra Leone's top striker. Oh, has he? Yeah, yeah. And he's um well chosen though. Yeah, and he's playing in Sweden and doing remarkably well. So it could happen. Uh, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A big thanks to Matt and Alan for taking us under the bonnet of that project. And look out for the film that they're creating for Mind on the Run, which is a three-day festival in February celebrating the life of electronic music pioneer and Hesel Road dweller, Basil Kirchin. This is his music playing right now. Of course, there were many people involved in landing the City of Culture title, led by Andrew Dixon and his crew. I spoke to two of the bid team who travelled to Derry, Londonderry and convinced the judging panel to bestow the honour on Hull. They shared their memories of that golden month of November 2013. Karen Okra is a community support worker, activist and champion. She's lived and worked here her whole life and is a trustee of the Hull Black History Partnership, Hull 2017 and the Freedom Festival. Andy Pearson also does loads of stuff – He's the artistic director of Ensemble 52. And many other things, and director and writer and performer and producer. And poker I'm gonna player. Poker player, yeah. yes. Uh, drinker of wine. Drinker of wine, yeah. Um, bon vivant <laughs> and all the other things. Um, we're in the historic town of Beverly, to give it its uh, full title. And we're just above a Starbucks on Flemingate. And I suppose Flemingate, I guess if Lego did a version of the centre of Beverly, <laughs> it would look like Flemingate, yeah. wouldn't it? And uh, Andy's here in the rehearsal room, uh, rehearsing... Well, tell us about it. Well, we're rehearsing um, a production of Great Expectations for mm -hmm. the East Riding Theatre, which is Beverly's theatre, which opened a couple of years ago. Um, and this is the third Christmas... They opened at Christmas time, and, and it's the third part of a Dickens trilogy. They did Oliver Twist and Christmas Carol, and, and we're now completing it with Great Expectations. And um, it's huge good fun. We've got an amazing cast. We've got a sort of 12-strong cast. We've got people like... The comedian Stephen Frost and Dave Shaw from the Inbetweeners and stuff. So, so that's at the ERT from from the 14th of December. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And he was also part of the bid team for City of Culture back in 2013. And uh, what did you do? What was your role? Well, originally they just gathered together a sort of handful of plotters in a pub on a Monday night, which was a point you realised we needed the designation of city culture because there was only one pub open on a Monday night right, so we had okay. to walk from the station hotel to the old English gents and, um, and they, I think it, it was Rick Welton um, you know obviously Rick had been a councillor and, yeah. and is, is on a lot of boards and very heavily involved in the art scene in Hull and he'd gathered together a few people to meet with Andrew Dixon who was yeah. the, um, the big director so we sort of met and we just started talking around ideas First of all, not really what it should be, but what it shouldn't be. And I think that pretty quickly we felt that the bid had to come from the ground on up and yeah. that we had to sort of, um, you know, really look at what was happening in the city and, mm. and its great artistic heritage and the great energy that it has mm. and see how we could build on that, really. I think uh, my first sort of knowledge of knowing that we were bidding for City of Culture was when I was asked to attend a workshop and I didn't really quite get what that was. I didn't yeah. really understand and it was in uh, City Hall, and there was all the tables set out, and I saw everybody going there, there was men in soaps, and uh, most people who I knew who would, were in the know, yeah. and then there were people who I didn't. Mm. Was there anybody you'd, you'd worked with before? Yeah, there was a, there was a few people, uh, people who 
like Dave O has Welly Club and uh, Isabel Tracy from uh, where can you were from Volcom at the time and Dave because he knows somebody who knows my nephew so you look for somebody familiar sit with them yeah. and I thought, well, what's all this about? Mm. And then Andrew Dixon started talking mm. and asking us to think about, you know, 2013. How do we see ourselves as a city? Mm. And then started to think, well, what would we look like in 2017? And actually gave us a, a number of exercises, you know, to, to get us thinking outside the box. Mm. And one of the things that, that I do remember him uh, saying was, think about you know where we are and where we where we fit and where we sit with the rest of the country as well. Mm. And it was at that point I mm. thought, you know, this is a, a, a time when when we need to start thinking about not what we're doing mm. as individual projects or businesses or individuals within our city, but we have to start thinking about how would that look 2017 as a city. Mm. I know the stories have always been there for Hull, the history was steeped in history and I always try to make a point and I believe really strongly that there's people that have passed away mm. that have made this city what it is. But we don't tell people, mm. do you know, because why should we? Mm. Why should we have to justify who we are as a city? Yeah. But at the same time, we do need to sort of shout out a bit louder. We'd never given voice to what we thought and felt about ourselves. We didn't and, need and, to. Yeah, we didn't need to, we just got on with it. Yeah. And there'd been a generation where various industries had just wound down, mm. gone through the floods and all different things. And, mm. and it was a fascinating process to, to sort of discover how to talk about ourselves to the rest of the country and the world. Yeah. That's what we've got to practice. Find, find a way of yeah. communicating that. Andy Pearson uh, uh, was thinking about the dot to docks and things like that, and I loved that concept mm. about joining up the docks, mm -hmm. which was actually part of uh, a description in bringing people together, you know, as ideas of bringing, joining the docks for the city, mm. and, and that was really good, mm. it really was. So that was the, sort of the first experience or the initiation mm. of 2013 bid for the city of Hull. You went to Derry. Who was? Uh, how many people were in the sort of in the room for that bid? Well, it was, it was a mixture because there was sort of there was actually the the delivery team mm -hmm. who all sort of had their different roles. So we had Graham Chester's from the university, our wise old owl, who right, was sort okay. of there to anchor everything. Um, Kate Denby, who was at Hull Truck. And then we had the politicians, we had John Powell and, and Stephen Bays, uh, who were leading from the council point of view. And then there were various other ones of us who, who were sort of outside dealing with media and presenting it. Because I think that was as, as important in some ways, because you knew that the judging panel and that we were sort of picking up on what was happening around, it wasn't just the presentation. Mm. And so I ended up doing a sort of an address to the nation at about five o'clock in the morning which was a nightmare because when we arrived in Derry, it was like, let's just have a quiet night and get ready for the big day tomorrow. And of course, you know, one o'clock, we were still in the bar with the Irish whiskey. And then um, I'd been told I was going on local radio foil just to do a little bit of, you know, talk back. I pitched up at five o'clock in the rain, in the darkness. And they said, right, what are you going to do? You're going to get 30 seconds to pitch down the lens of the camera to the whole of the UK why you think Hull should be city of culture. I'm like, but I'm really hungover. <laughs> um, and it's funny because the guy from, I was against the guy from Leicester who was very, very slick. 
and I think the guy from Swansea had a complete nervous breakdown in the middle of it. But so, so that was that was sort of what we were doing, quite a lot of media stuff. And the guys in the room were, were obviously pitching it to the panel, and we'd, we'd rehearsed that a lot, and even stage managed it, you know, because you sort of realise, yeah, you don't just do these things; you have to really work them and, mm. and, and make sure you're hitting into your strengths, I suppose. Well, what happened was you've got two hours to right. pitch your case as a city. You've got to make sure you've got everything in, you know, the content there. Yeah that justifies everything that you do well as a city and everything what we're about. There was 20 minutes questioning in the film. So you've not got long, so you, we had potential questions what we thought that the, we may be asked. And it might be to do with finance, and, and that would be uh, in terms of what the city of Hull, city council had to answer. Maybe, you know, a question that was around the arts. I don't uh, pretend to be somebody who knows who's an expert in the arts, but I can. You know, I work with lots of smaller communities and the wider community of Hull Mm. in terms of community support and development. And so if there was any questions around that, then maybe Andrew would say, well, Cameron might be the best person to answer that. But there were certain questions I felt were being asked where other people answered in the appropriate manner for their role and what they were skilled in. Mm. But I felt like they was asking a little bit more than that. Mm. And so I was sort of parking those questions. Mm. And it wasn't until uh, it came to Fluella Benjamin mm. who actually gave us a bit of a grueling. Right. <laughs> Do you know? Okay. And I don't mean that in negative way to, she, she wanted to she wanted to really get beneath yeah, the kind w- of veneer of, of, um, of the kind of what presentation the yeah, yeah. 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 Right. and so it was at that point I thought I can't keep my mouth shit anymore right. so I spoke out against what we'd agreed and it went a bit <laughs> silent right. and uh, it has been said and she, I know she did Fluella Benjamin did say afterwards since yeah. we have met that it was what I did that clinched it. Wow. But that was not me in a way. It's because I was speaking up on the voice of the people. I was more worried about the people of Hull and that I did the right thing by the people of Hull. Right. I do remember thinking, oh, I've done it now. I've opened my mouth now. And thought, <laughs> I thought, I hope we do get it because I might not be welcome back home if it doesn't. But it wasn't until we had the announcement that it was, I felt OK because I thought I'll, I'll either have to leave town or get driven out of town if I've messed it up. Obviously you had a moment of gut instinct in your I always do. That is yeah. me, though. Yeah. That is me. Yeah. I just say what I think sometimes. Yeah. But I was going by what I thought. Obviously there's an element of yourself there. Mm. But I thought, Do you know what? I'm going to say this because this is what I think and I think this is what ordinary people yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it could have gone the other way, but then I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to have to suffer the consequences of that. And whereas the other cities might have kind of had that instinct themselves and maybe kept quiet because they thought, well, we've got a prepared, rehearsed script. I don't want to kind of upset that. And the fact that you took that risk, a combination of that and the film and just all the other things that other people said, mm-hmm. paid off. At what point in the build-up, I mean, was there a point where you thought, because we were kind of outsiders, weren't we? Mm. And probably right until the announcement. Was there a point where, being on the inside, you thought, actually, we, we've got a good chance here? There was one moment when, actually, because we were waiting outside the room um, for the guys who were delivering it, 
to come out. And when the door opened, John Pywell came out, and he just had this smile on his face. And I thought, that went well. Mm. You know, there's something you read off somebody. He, he, there was this sort of confidence that came off him. Everybody had that spirit. There was, do you know, I know this sounds really silly, but do you know when you feel like there's a, a bit of a glow around you? I don't know. Right. Like, beam me up, Scotty, or yeah. the ready break, do you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like that. And maybe they could sort of see that intangible mm. thing. Maybe they felt that mm. in the room. Yeah, and I think I think that was the little extra bit that we had. Yeah. I'm saying little, it was a big bit, a big yeah. part of it. I think that came through. I still personally didn't, you know, because you sort of get very, you beat up on yourself, don't you? Yeah. And I, I really thought Leicester were going to get it for a number of different, geographically, I think they demographically. Did I think they did, yeah. yeah. Um, or even the Mayor of Swansea, who just ripped up his acceptance speech <sighs> on them, which was very funny when you saw it, when we actually got, the, you know. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. And he just, he just saw this quarter shot of him on the screen tearing up his speech. <laughs> but at that moment, I think there was a, like, yeah, it's gone well. And I think everything else was. And there was this real feeling that... You know, people were behind it as well. You could sort of feel the city. And it's funny because we talked about Steve Cobby earlier. I was listening to a lot of um, Feel of Brasilia that day, just sort of just wandering around the city and everything else. And, and then you're looking at Twitter and you realise that we were trending second highest to China wow. on, on the day, you know, so you had, and, 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 which was amazing. You know, and, and no one else, none of the other three candidate cities had, had got that sort of thing behind them. So you really did feel there was this massive swell of support. Never ever once doubted we couldn't do it as a city. From... from... Right from the off. Right from the off. I couldn't have gone if I, there was any doubt. Where would I go? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm about. I can never do something. If I've got any doubts, I'll challenge it. Mm. And if I really strongly believe in something, I'll go for it. And, and if I didn't, how could I go and pitch our case mm. as a city yeah. and deliver that message if I had doubt? Yeah. I couldn't have done it because that's not me and it's not the people of Hull. I just want to go on to the, um, the film. When I first saw that film, I prepared myself to be maybe a little bit embarrassed to see the usual stuff, you know, pictures of Queen's Gardens and just the usual kind of cliches. And, but it was actually not what I expected at all, and I found it quite revelatory in the way that, we, that we'd been presented and the rules of Hull, you know and the different people that they'd spoken to. I, I thought it was it was really moving. I found it moving, and the first time I saw it, I thought, do you know something? That's what I'm part of. And, and there's only been a couple of times when I've really felt like all the pieces come together mm. for me as a person, especially from an empty minority background living in Hull. Mm. Uh, one of the times was when Lem, Lem Sisse came yeah. to Hull for, for the Freedom Festival. Yeah. And I thought, it's Hull ready for this. And, mm. and I found that really moving. And I yes. felt, yes, this is the missing part for me in terms of identity and a sense of belonging. Mm. And then when I saw the film, I thought, do you know something? It wasn't just something for me personally, thinking this is doing something for me. I really felt like it would do that for everyone, yeah. even though, do you know? And when I went to London, Derry, Derry, and we showed the film, goosebumps again and thinking, I, I feel really proud and privileged that I was asked to go, mm. but to present that film, that encapsulated I think that's what did it and I think but it also even coming back when we'd been sort of given that title and I say given that title when people listened to us and we really captured the hearts 
does panel that you know said yes we believe in your hold there were some people who said that we want to see how many people from it you know especially from the black afro-caribbean background would be part of the city of culture mm. and i turned around and said to him have you seen the film and they said, no, I said, please stop what you're saying. I said, just watch that phone. Mm. And they said, I am from, you know, Nigeria and home. Mm. And I'm from, so they watched the film and then they got it. Mm. And so it was not just a film that represents the city and what, all what we stand for. Mm. It also, for me, has been a, a, a means of an understanding of what culture is and what the city is to people who wouldn't necessarily understand that or didn't quite get it. Mm. It means so much. Yeah. It makes you think more about than what you've just seen mm. and what you've just heard. We've spoken to the guys at Nova and they've, they've talked about what went into that film. Do you remember the first time you saw it and how you felt? Yeah, because <laughs> I was in it along with the Jack Russell. And it was kind of one of those old ones because it was just like they dragged me onto White Brigade and I think I had a, a line to say. They just got the balance absolutely right. And sometimes, you know, you know what it's like. You do this in, in, when you're making something. Sometimes you just hit the sweet spot. And yeah. I think that, you know, it wasn't um, overly sentimental. Mm. You know, it, it wasn't mawkish. It wasn't dry. But it, it, it was, I think it was just very honest. I remember watching it for the first time and being completely choked by it. Oh, it was just a really weird reaction. I think, yeah. you know, you can't really plan that in a way. It sort of some, it happens or it doesn't happen. You know, I mean, it, it was interesting with recent events of this year, you know, I went back and watched and it actually made me sort of well up again, but for very different reasons, because yeah. I think there was a great feeling behind it, you know, when you've, you've got lots of people saying where they were from and they were from there and they were from Hull and yeah. it had a very international flavour to it. Yeah. And it kind of, it made me just a bit sad that we've lost a lot of that now, you know, there seems to, we seem to have swung back slightly in the other direction. We're just going back to the, uh, back to 2013, back to the good old days, <laughs> um, you were at Truck early morning, having your, what, you have like bacon sarnies and stuff, yeah. What, what was your memories of, of that day, the 20th of November, 2013? It's a bit weird, really. I mean, it kind of, I remember Steve Cobby had run me the night before, because he had been invited, and he said, he said, can you get us, can you get us in? And I'm like, yeah, well, we're only going to be there for about half an hour, so, you know, don't worry, just, we'll, we'll, we'll go it together sort of thing. So, um, I don't know, you just get, get used to sort of low expectations of some things, don't you, you know? Yeah. And so we went down, and I remember Maria Miller um, very clearly being on the screen with Phil Redmond. And then just when she sort of said the word Hull, you know, which sounded weird coming out of her mouth for some reason. Um, it was just one of those where I've never had a moment like that, I don't think, actually. Because it was like so much hard work had gone into it. Uh -huh. And I think we were rank outsiders, you know. And, I, and so it was a real sort of underdog come good filmic moment, you know, and, and I remember sort of pogoing around um, the foyer with Babbage, and because we share a certain look, it kind of looked, I mean, what do you mean, oh God, you know, there goes my dignity, looking like Gilbert and George, sort of on pogo sticks. And then after that, it was just kind of, it just seemed to be this the forward momentum started happening, you know, I remember going down to a meeting at Batsy Arts Centre the following week, it was a producer's meeting, and I sort of up and said, you know, I'm Andy and I'm from Hull. And I, and I got a standing ovation. It wasn't for me, you know, it was for the city. Really? And it was, and it was it, because people, had, I think, had really wanted it to happen for us. And, and, and that was really nice. And so you suddenly from living in a place where, you, you know, you've constantly got this, oh, well, no one knows Hull and it's the, you know, 
end of the line, everything else. Suddenly, people were aware of it, and they had wanted this to happen. And, and the next sort of few months were peppered with this sort of positivity about the possibilities of what it could be for the city. Were you at Hull Truck? In, in yeah, the I was there. Take us through yeah. what, are you, what are your memories of, of the run-up to the announcement, the announcement itself. And all it's surreal, really. Yeah. All of it's surreal. Um, I felt really, you know, getting geared up to hearing that announcement and I thought, yeah, I still thought, I'd, I knew then, I, didn't, I, I could never doubt, I've never once doubted, yeah. but I thought, have they really listened to us? Yeah. And I did in a certain way think, well, we did do something good, in a way, in terms of Fluella Benjamin yeah. and and responses we had with social media, mm -hmm. and so I thought we, you know, there's something there. Yeah. For me personally, and I'll be honest, I was thinking, well, I hope we do get it because we have, you know, when we're speaking out there, I thought I might get blamed yeah. for not getting it. So you're nervous. <laughs> But, but, you know, yeah, yeah. not that I'm taking it all the city culture on that myself. What yeah. I'm saying is that I, I spoke out and I thought, are you, are you yeah. paid off right. speaking the truth and speaking out? Yeah. But the city, oh, I tell you, it absolutely erupted. Yeah. And people were... I t I, if I was to describe everybody, it just felt like everybody had jumped in the air if you could stop it, this was my sort of vision interpretation that everybody was in mid air. Right. For like time had stopped. That's how I felt. Yeah. That there was just stuck there. And I'm looking at everybody, but there was no noise. It, it, I know it was erupted, but yeah. it was like the sound had been turned off and I was looking round up. You know, like somebody has in uh, like an experience where like you don't exist. You, you don't exist and you. you you're out of the and like you're an out just, of body sort of experience. Yeah, that's what it, I know it sounds silly and that, but I felt like that and I'm looking at everyone and they're saying, Oh, it's good and I was thinking, it's brilliant and I was thinking, Oh wow, do you know like yeah. and then and then I thought to myself, I, I can't believe it, even though I, I knew we could do it, I thought, I can't believe it. And it's, we've done it, we've done it, do you know, yeah. sinking in. Yeah. And then I thought, I'm going to have to go, I can't, you know, it was so, so surreal. I thought, I'm going to have to just go out a minute. Yeah. And it's, it felt like a dream. It felt like I was coming out of anaesthetic at really? the dentist, you know, when you're just getting your bearings. Yeah, yeah. And then I realised I'd left my phone at home, so I went and got the bus and I thought, I'm going to have to go and collect, you know, sort of collect yourself, bring yourself together. Yeah. And I got on the bus with him and said, oh, it's great, isn't it? We're city culture and I said, I know, do you know, it's brilliant. Yeah. And Phil Redmond was coming on, the, off, getting off the train, and I thought, oh, I can't, be, I can't believe this. But I, yeah, I could believe we did it. Yeah. But it, it was just like a dream. And then I thought, as, as time went on, I was thinking, well, what have we done now? Now what happens, do you know? And I'm, I'm getting, I am getting nervous now. Yeah. It, you know, now it's coming to the counting down of the clock. It, it, it all seemed, always seemed far away. Thought, oh, we got we got three years to sort everything out, and two years, and, and now we're, we're within days. And then fireworks are going to be up in the air, and it's here now. the program's going to be, you know, there's going to be volunteers walking around. It's going to be 
it's going to be on. And I can hear the, you know, in, in the film, uh, do you know, forever, yeah. forever, forever, and I keep hearing that. Tom Courtney when he talks yeah, about Yeah, Tom yeah. Courtney, yeah. And I'm thinking, what happens this year is here forever. And That's gonna, a legacy. It's going to resound an echo. Forever, forever. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like you couldn't even make this story. Mm. That's how I feel, because it's so good. Yeah. And, it's, and it involves everyone. You know, people who were here, people past, and even in 100 years' time when they say about, did you know who was city culture? And they'll remember that. There'll be, be schools, I don't know how education's going to look then, but, you know, I'll be talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It's here forever. Come here and you'll feel it. That end-of-the-line sense of freedom. Say yes to Hull. Say yes to freedom. And I'm delighted to announce that the UK City of, UK Culture, City of Culture 2017 is Hull. <laughs>